We all have a mess, don't we? We found out we all have something in common, and that is we all have a mess. Everybody, everybody has a mess. I don't know about you guys, but I don't like to share my messes. You know what I'm talking about? I don't like to publish and announce my messes. I'd rather hide it and cover it up and keep it quiet. How about you? And the truth is everyone here has been a mess. If you've been a mess lately, confession is good for the soul. I'm just saying, if you've been a mess lately, go ahead and raise your hand. Just raise it up. If you've been a mess lately, that's right. Husbands, this is when you look at your wife, say, what are you talking about, babe? Put your hand down. No, no, not you. (laughs) It was, uh, it was early 2012. We had moved into a neighborhood. We had sold, short sold our house. And we're in the process at that time of short selling our house to obey God, to move here, to start this church. Our investments were that house. And I was praying some big prayers. I had recently read a book back then from Stephen Furtick about Sun Stand Still. And so I began to pray these big, huge Sun Stand Still prayers. And one of them, I was believing God for a house. Now, God answers prayer. You know that, right? God answers prayer, but sometimes God answers prayer a little bit differently than how we think God might or should, could answer prayer. And so I just began praying. I'm like, God, you, you, you made the sun stand still. That means the moon stood still. That means, God, you can bless us with a house. And, and he did. He blessed us with a rental. But I was believing God for like a house. And... So one day I was walking our dog and I saw this house and it was for sale. And so I went inside and looked at the house. Now the house had been torn apart. Um, It was a bad divorce. And I'm not sure if it was the husband or the wife, but one of them went in with a bat and did some major damage. You remember this, Frankie? We were living together and uh, did some major damage with a bat hit the lights, (laughs) hit the fans, hit everything. There were holes in the drywall. It was crazy. Snakes in the pool. And I was like, Lord, I see it. Do you see it? Do you see what I see? I saw this house and what could be. And I began praying over that house. Well, that became uh, something that, that, (laughs) <laughs> happen on a regular basis. And so when the doors was unlocked, so I would go back, I'd go in that house and I'd just walk in that house and I'd just claim the house for Jesus. <laughs> I'd just walk in there and say, God, I know, like, like, Lord, you give, you take away, blessed be the name of the Lord. Like you gave us a house, you took away the house. Like this all good, we're here, God, but I'm believing you for this house. And one day, this honest truth, I'm telling you a story. I wish it was a story, story, but it's a true story. I was in there one day claiming that house for Jesus, for our family. I was walking around. I was like, Lord, I know you can do it. God, there's nothing too hard for the Lord. God, your arm isn't short that it cannot save. God, nothing is too hard for you. And all of a sudden, a door opened. It's a realtor and a couple. 
no, we're interested and had the money to buy, to buy the house. So, so I jumped out the back window and uh, <laughs> this is true. This is true. That's a true story. Did I say 2012? I meant like 1980 something, but no, no. So I'm like, what do I do? Like I heard them, they're in there. I'm like, and my heart was like, I'm like, oh my gosh, this never happened to me before. So what do you do? You raise the window and you jump. So I raised that window. I jumped out of that house about 10 feet down and I took off running. That's what I did. It's a true story. It's a true story. The problem was I was now running in a swamp and the water was above my waist and there are water moccasins all through the swamp. And so I'm running, my heart beating. I'm looking, I'm seeing if they're looking. I'm wondering, uh, you know, they're gonna stick their head out the window and see. I'm telling you, man, I was running too, boy, I was putting it on. And uh, I get in the water and I feel something come right up against my, I had shorts on and uh, it was slimy. And I scream, man. I sound like a fifth grade girl. I'm telling you, I was like, ah! I screamed like that. I was running, man. I was so embarrassed. I was already embarrassed. How, I mean, this mess just kept getting messier. And I got to a point where the water was going to go from here to higher, only to find out like a week later, there was a nine foot alligator in that water that would be trapped and taken. And so now I'm like, <laughs> now, now, now my mess just kept getting bigger and bigger because now I went from like being somewhere <laughs> and uh, <laughs> to, to jumping, to running somewhere. I was trying to get away and I couldn't get away quick enough. And so now I'm not asking God for a house. I'm asking God to keep me from the snakes, get me. I'm not scared of snakes, I'm not scared of snakes, but, but poisonous snakes yeah, I don't like those things. Water maga says, no, thank you. And so now I'm like, oh, Lord, Jesus, who, you know, I'm, I'm in this and I'm in mud. I'm like, I'm just trying to move. I'm trying to get through there. And I came back and Steph looked at me. And she just gave one of those looks like, I'm pretty sure I shouldn't say anything right now because I'm pretty sure you already know what you did was stupid. And uh, yeah, so, so I told my parents and, and uh, dad, I don't know if you spilled the beans or mom spilled the milk. I don't know which one of y'all told. But uh, about a month ago, I had someone say something to me about, it. I heard that story in community group. I'm like, community group? Why y'all telling my business, man? Why y'all telling my mess? It's funny now. I was sweating. It wasn't funny back then. Last week, we learned that we're all a mess. And the truth is every person here has a mess. And, and the, the more we try to, to pretend that we don't have a mess, it's kind of like we mask our mess. We mask it because we don't want people to know it. And we do our best not to show it. But the truth is there's healing when there's revealing. And when you and I can say, hey, I'm a mess. You know what happens? I believe that humility leads to healing, but I also believe that our revealing of our mess helps, encourages, empowers somebody else who's losing 
the battle of the same mess that we're facing, that we're fighting, a mess. Jonah was one of the minor prophets and yet this book in the Bible is so important. In fact, Jesus referred to Jonah and it wasn't a parable. It wasn't just this cute little story. It, It was reality, it really happened. Jesus validated it in the gospel of Matthew when he points back to Jonah, the prophet. Jonah had been chosen by God to be a man of God and to speak the word of God. Now, when you're a man of God or a woman of God, you listen to God and you speak what God speaks. You say what God says, you represent God, are you with me? And as a believer, I know maybe not everyone here is a believer, maybe not everyone watching online is a believer, but as a Christian, as a Christ follower, you are a man and a woman of God. You've been set apart. Theologically, you've been sanctified. You've been, you've been taken from that muck and mire and you've been taken and set up on a rock that is stronger, higher, better than you. And so when we get into the book of Jonah, we find Jonah who was a man of God who uh, spoke to Israel. You find this in the Old Testament in Kings. He spoke to Israel about victories that they would have. But the Israelites were attacked. The Israelites were bothered. The Israelites were abused by the Assyrians. Someone say Assyrians. Modern day Iraq. And Jonah all of a sudden gets word from God to go preach to them and to tell Nineveh, which was the capital of these bad, bad people. They were bad people. They were really bad people. When they conquered you, their king conquered you, they would take the, that king's head and do things like Nero, Nero did. They would impale people. They would put people on a catapult and hurl them through the air. They, they were massive, massive. They were mean and, and they were not Jewish. And now the sudden God tells Jonah to go to that great city and to preach repentance. Now repentance has never been a popular subject, but it's a necessary subject because God still calls all men everywhere to repent. Sometimes as believers, we just think that, that that's something we do at salvation that we repent of our sins at salvation and that's it. But let me tell you something, as believers, God still wants you to take a shower, spiritually speaking. He still wants you to come clean, spiritually speaking, even even when you're a Christian, but you're not where you need to be. Are you with me? And so God calls us to repent. Well, Jonah didn't, want to go to Nineveh because Jonah didn't believe that they deserved God's mercy and God's grace. Last last week, we, we talked about, yeah, people are messy. Life is messy. I'm a mess. You're a mess. But it's so easy for you and I to point out what's wrong, for us to look at what's wrong, for us to criticize and judge, be judgmental towards other people that don't do things exactly like we do it. And it's easy for us to point out specks in other people's eyes when scripture says that it's like we have a plank in our own eye. 
Have you ever been there before? Have you ever been judgmental before? Raise your hand. You ever been judgmental to somebody and the truth is you had your own issues? You got your own problems? You know what I'm talking about? And we said last week, God wants us to yank the plank. God wants us to yank the plank and get rid of that. And Jonah had a plank because Jonah didn't believe that these guys deserve God's love and mercy, just Israel. And he didn't want to go preach to these people who probably would kill him. I mean, imagine if five years ago, God called you to be a missionary to ISIS. Imagine explain that one to your husband, to your wife, to your parents, to your children. That's what this was. It's exactly what this was. And God had a word. And you know what Jonah did? Jonah ran. He ran from God. Now, before we criticize Jonah, let's be honest. I've run too. And so have you. I'm a runner. Are you a runner? And we run from God when we don't want to do what God says or don't want to go where God leads. And, and Jonah was rebellious. And so he ran and he didn't just run. Jonah ran the opposite way. He got in a boat. Scripture says that he went down to Joppa. Now I've been there. I've been there to that port. It was one of the oldest ports in Israel business, trade, and scripture says he went down to Joppa and he got in a boat and he paid a fare. Can I tell you something? You and I will always pay a fare when we're running from God. We'll always pay a fare. And he got in a boat that was headed to Tarshish. Tarshish. Say that with me. That's just fun. Tarshish. It's kind of like, oh, shucks. Tarshish, you know, and he gets in a boat and he's getting as far as he can, 180 degrees away from God's will for his life. But God's purpose always prevails. And he goes down to Joppa and then he goes down into the boat. It's interesting because there's a pattern here. He goes down to Joppa, then he goes down into the boat and then eventually he's gonna go down a few more times because every time you and I run from God's will, we always go down, we go down. And he gets in the boat and all of a sudden God causes the wind to affect the waves. And the boat is in the Mediterranean Sea. Got to stick my foot in the Mediterranean Sea back in uh, 2016. And beautiful water, but all of a sudden that beauty turned to something that was really bad because this storm is about ready to destroy the boat and everyone on the inside. But Jonah went down to the belly of the boat and he fell asleep. In other words, he had peace. He had peace. Sometimes people say, well, I got this because I got peace. And I do believe that the peace of God passes all understanding and that the Holy Spirit uses peace to guide us. But sometimes if you're not careful, sometimes if I'm not careful, we can have a false assurance of a fake peace. Yeah. And he falls asleep and God knows how to wake him up. 
And here's, 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 here's the, uh, the, the, the truth. The truth is God's eyes are on us and he sees us and we can't run, we can't run too far from God. We can run as fast and as far as we want, but we can never outrun God. And the eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. And, and God's eyes are still on Jonah and God knows what's going on in his heart. So God sends the wind to cause the waves, the water, big storm, big waves. It's boats in trouble. So much so that these men on board, they wake him up and they cry out and they say, everyone pray to your own God. Maybe God will have mercy. And then Jonah speaks up. Jonah says, it's me, it's me. God wanted me to go there. I'm going here. How many relate? Do you relate? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And maybe it was, um, I don't know, Maybe in your life, it was taking a job someplace, but this job paid way, way, way more. But you kind of felt like this was the place or maybe it was a person, maybe it went a place, maybe, maybe it was a person and, and, and you felt like God was working in your life and God was calling you to be with this person, but that person wasn't what you wanted. That's what God wanted. And so you ran. Jonah is confessing now that it's his fault and that he's rebelling, he's running. And you know what? When we, when, we, when we run from God, the truth is we all run to crazy places. He's gonna go get in a boat. The boat is the last place I wanna be during a storm. Are you with me? You ever been in a boat during a storm? When it got crazy? You don't wanna be in a boat in a storm. But you and I run to the craziest places too, don't we? And now he's confessing, it's, it's me, it's me. And, and, and they are throwing their cargo over. They're throwing their goods over. They're throwing their valuables over. In other words, they're doing everything they can to spare their lives. And Jonah says, it's throw me over. And they threw him over. But God had not only caused the wind to affect the water and the waves, but God has spoke to a great fish. Well, we say whale, but scripture says a great fish. Now, I've got buddies that uh, scuba dive and they fish underwater. You know what I'm talking about? And they've told me there's some huge, huge fish. You know what I'm talking about? Underwater. And, and I've never been that close to big fish. But living right here in the Gulf Coast, we know there's some big fish out there, don't we? Because we got some stories, don't we? <laughs> we caught some of them big fish, didn't we? And God speaks to this great big fish and this fish comes and the fish swallows Jonah alive. And he not only paid the price and the fare and he not only went away from God's will, not only went down to Joppa, down to the boat, but now he's going down in this fish to the foundations, to the roots of the mountains. And Jonah is in a big mess. I mean, his mess just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And now Jonah is in a fish with fish, stinky fish. 
seaweed, fish guts. That's where he is. And we're going to pick up in Jonah chapter two. We're going to read his prayer because Jonah is going to cry out to God. By the way, we all have a mess. And what I want you to know about the message today is that God is in the middle of your mess. God's not just in the middle of the mess. God is in the middle of your mess. But you and I, we don't expect God to be in the middle of a mess. God is up on heaven. God is on the throne. God is high and lifted up. We don't think about, we don't conceive or perceive the fact that God shows up in the middle of our mess, that that God is not too good, that he won't meet us in the middle of our mess. And here's Jonah, let's go. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord. He's been swallowed by this great big fish. Then Jonah, then Jonah, and I wonder if there's a then right now. I wonder if your mess is so messy right now and and the middle of the mess is so big right now, it started small, but like bubbles, like dishwashing soap, the bubbles just kept getting bigger. The suds kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I don't know if you ever left the water running when you were getting the sink ready for the dishes and you came back and it's just, holy cow. But, But that's what was going on in his life. And maybe that's what's going on in your life right now. And I want to tell you something. God not only sees your mess, God not only knows that you're a mess, but God God wants to reveal himself in the middle of your mess. And if you're at a then moment, if you're at a then moment where right now it's like, I'd need to make a decision. I'd encourage you to make that decision. What decision? Well, the decision Jonah made, look at it. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from inside the fish. I don't know about you guys, but cell service dropping these days. And God can hear a man in the belly of a fish. Inside the fish, Jonah said, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble. Have you been there? You ever been in trouble? It was great trouble. It was so great trouble that God got your attention. So you would cry out. I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble and he answered me. I called to you from the land of the dead and Lord, you heard me. You heard me. And he hears you too. You threw me into the ocean depths and I sank down to the heart of the sea. The mighty waters engulfed me. I was buried beneath your wild and stormy waves. Whose waves? God's waves. He's starting to understand that he shouldn't run from God. God's bigger than he is. Then I said, oh Lord, you have driven me from your presence yet. I will look once more toward your holy temple. I sank beneath the waves. The waters closed over me. Seaweed wrapped itself around my head. I sank down. Here goes another down, down to Joppa, down to the boat, down with the fish, down to the very roots of the mountains. I was imprisoned in the earth. Those gates locked shut forever, but you, O Lord, my God, snatched me from the jaws of death. As my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord. As my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord. I wonder if you feel like your life is slipping away. 
Maybe your mess right now is a physical mess. It's something with your health and you feel like it's slipping away from you. Will you remember the Lord? Will you remember that the Lord is right in the middle of your mess? He says, I remember the Lord and my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. Those who worship false gods turn their backs on all God's mercies, but I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise and I will fulfill all my vows. Here it is, for my salvation comes from the Lord alone. For my salvation, can you say that? For my salvation comes from the Lord alone. I don't know if you're in a financial mess right now in 2020, just almost sank the ship and you're really struggling and you don't know how you're gonna make it, but I would encourage you to speak it. I'd encourage you that the miracle's in your mouth, to speak it, that my salvation comes from you, Lord, alone. My health is from you. My success is from you. My blessings are from you. My family and their health and their protection and provision is from you, Lord. Every good gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, right? And, and I, he cries out and then the Lord, once he prays, once he repents, once he cries out for mercy, then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out onto the beach. My question is, two questions. One question is, where would you and I be? I want you to envision this. Where would you and I be without his mercy? I don't know about you, but my life was a mess. Then came Jesus. Can we just remember back to how lost we were? Can we go there for a minute? Because God's mission didn't change and God's message didn't change and God's messenger didn't change. And if you and I are not careful, just coming to church all the time, we can forget what it's like to be a lost person. In fact, we can be saved for so long and not remember what it's like to be a sinner that needed the mercy of God. And when I think about how lost I was, when I think about how saved I am, I get all beside myself. I never want to get over that. I never want to get cold to that. I never want to get callous to that. Listen, listen, for some of you, we need to go back and remember that we were at the gates of death and we cried out. I mean, the story, the story is the same, right? We've messed up. Then we look up and then God picks us up. God picked me up. God picked me up. God picked Jonah up. And now all of a sudden Jonah is right there. And so what is Jonah going to do? He's going to go preach the word of the Lord. Uh, second question is what will it take to get your attention? What will it take to get your attention? Because God knows how to get your attention. And I don't mean this as a threat. I don't mean this to be scary. I don't, this is not fear based. I'm just being honest with you. God knows how to get our attention. Maybe you're running from God right now, but you happen to be listening right now. And God is speaking to your heart. And you know where he's leading you, but you want to go this way. You know where you should go. You know what you should do, but you want to do this. And God is speaking to you today. I'd encourage you 
Obey God. Obey God. He can be trusted. Jonah was like, I, I, they don't deserve it, God. God, you don't know best. Haven't you been there? I've been there. God, you don't know best. God, you don't understand. God, you don't understand this situation. You know, God, I love you, but I don't need your advice on this one. I got this. I don't want Jesus to take the wheel. I want to keep the wheel. And God knows how to get our attention to where we tap out, to where we cry out for mercy. He did it for Jonah. He'll do it for you and me. Tarshish, he's going to go to Spain. God said, no, no, you're going to go to Nineveh. You're going to go to Nineveh. And, and when he, he didn't just say no to God. No, God, I'm not going to do that. He said no by his actions. As I was studying, I thought, you know what? We do the same thing. I don't know about you, but I mean, can you think of a time where you're like, no, God, <laughs> we probably haven't done that, but we do it with our actions, don't we? We're just like Jonah. We do it with our actions over over our words. And even though he directly disobeyed God, even though Jonah's mess was a result of his disobedience, even though running from God always leads to a dead end, even though Jonah didn't care about what God cared about and it led to a big mess, God's purpose prevailed and God's word came to Jonah a second time. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and deliver the message I've given you. This time Jonah obeyed the Lord's command and went to Nineveh, a city so large that it took three days to see it all. On the day Jonah entered the city, he shouted to the crowds, 40 days from now and Nineveh will be destroyed. The people of Nineveh believed God's message. And from the greatest to the least, they declared a fast and they put on burlap to show their sorrow. When the king of Nineveh heard what Jonah was saying, he stepped down, here's one more down. He stepped down from his throne, took off his royal robes. He dressed himself in burlap and he sat on a heap of ashes. Then the king and his nobles sent this decree throughout the city. No one, not even the animals from your herds and flocks may eat or drink anything at all. That's called a total fast. People and animals alike must wear garments of mourning. People and animals must wear garments of mourning and everyone must pray earnestly to God. They must turn from their evil ways and stop all their violence. Who can tell? Perhaps even yet God will change his mind and hold back his fierce anger from destroying us. When God saw what they had done and how they had put a stop to their evil ways. He changed his mind and did not carry out the destruction he had threatened. What a story. It's not the end of the story, but we're not gonna finish the end of the story today. But what a story. Jonah, he's running from God. He's, he's, he's in a mess. The mess gets bigger. It's a bigger mess. And then all of a sudden in the, in the belly of this fish, God shows up in the middle of his mess. And God speaks to a fish. And some people say, well, I don't know, man. If a fish really swallowed a guy, like, could that really happen? Yeah. You know, if you believe in the sovereignty of God and the power of God, then the same God that spoke to the wind and the waves could speak to the whale or the fish. And that fish did what God wished. And he got Jonah's attention 
and now Jonah comes out. And some theologians say that, that the acid in the stomach of the fish um, turned his skin a different color. And so when he all of a sudden arrived on the beach, this one, like, check out my new board shorts, boy, these are awesome. Check out these, no, no, no. Like he smelled like a fish. He looked like he had been in a fish and he preached a simple message that God had given him. It was God's word. It was God's power. It was God's conviction. It was God's victory. And the whole city hits their knees and a spiritual awakening takes place all across Nineveh. So big, it took three days. God's in the middle of your mess. He's right there. In the middle of the divorce, he's right there. In the middle of bankruptcy, he's right there. In the middle of loneliness, he's right there. In the middle of depression and anxiety, he's right there. In the middle of uncertainty, he's right there. In the middle of your failure that you feel like it just, you, it's like, when is it gonna stop? Like I just keep, my failure just keeps morphing. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Like when is this going to stop? I don't know what your mess is, but I'm telling you, God is right there. In your addiction, God is in the middle of your affliction. He's in the middle of your mess. He's in the middle of your mess. He's in the middle of your mess. God, make no mistake, isn't scared of a mess. And God can speak in the middle of your mess and turn the whole thing around. God can do it. That's who he is. He's all powerful. He's all knowing. He's all loving. He's forgiving. He's a good God. He's a good God. I close with this point because I was, I was thinking about this story and it's one of my favorite stories in the Old Testament. And, and the, the takeaway is God, is God meets us in the middle of the mess. But I, I started thinking how big God is and what all God was doing in this whole story. How God is a God of second chances. People may have abandoned you, but God doesn't. People may have given up on you, but God doesn't. People may have forgotten you, but God doesn't and won't. And I thought, God, you're a God of second chances and I need those second chances. And if you're like me, you need second chances and I need third chances and fourth chances. And God is a God of not just second chances, but he's a God of many, many chances. And I thought, what a beautiful picture. And then I thought, but you know what? There's something else. What a story here. Because when I think about this mess, Jonah's mess, and he's right in the middle of this mess. I mean, it doesn't get any messier than this. Um, God knows how to make a miracle out of your mess. The very mess that some of you guys are running from is the very mess that God is allowing for your miracle. You're praying for a miracle. You're believing for a miracle, but you're hiding the mess. And God says, no, 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 no. The mess is a part of it. The mess gives, the, the mess gives birth to the miracle. Be ashamed of your mess. Don't be ashamed of your testimony. Don't be ashamed of your story. Oh, I'm preaching now. Don't be ashamed of your story. Don't be, uh, don't, don't, listen. Don't be ashamed of your past. It's forgiven and the shame is gone. The shame is gone. God is so good. He'll not only forgive your sins, God, God will get rid of your shame. God says shame off you, not shame on you. And for some of you, the story that you have, your mess is actually connected to your miracle. Your mess is a connection to someone's miracle. Your mess is what needs to be shared so that other people can be free. 
because they will identify with your mess. But, but we don't want to go to community group and get real. God's been good. How you doing? Everything's good. Praise the Lord. Amen. All those other stupid words out of context because they're a lie. They're not stupid words, but out of context, a lie's a stupid thing to say when we say, you know, my marriage. Can I get real with you guys? Can I get real with you? Yeah, I'm gonna preach just a little bit. I wanna, I, I wanna help you, listen to me. As a pastor, I've watched too many marriages fall apart because the pride was so outstanding that they couldn't ask for help. I've watched too many marriages crumble because they wanted to keep the mess to themselves. And maybe that's your story. There's no shame here. I'm not trying to throw this in your face. I, I'm, I'm just telling you, listen, the best thing we can do with a mess is we can say, God, I'm a mess, I need help. And, and God says, when we confess our mess, when we confess our faults to others, that's when we're healed. But I want the healing, but I don't want the revealing. And Jonah showed up on the beach, man. He got hurled from a fish and he began to preach, thus saith the Lord. He didn't care anymore what everyone else thought. He just preached what God said and God moved because God always honors his word. Mm. It's not our commentary on God's word, it's his word. And I thought that's so good. And then, then I had this last thought, that's where, I, that's where I'll end. God's heart is for sinners. God was trying to teach Israel. There's a bigger picture here. God was trying to teach Israel through his prophet Jonah that Israel had listened to and what he predicted had come true. One, because Jonah was so awesome is because God's so awesome. And Jonah was listening to an awesome God. And so our awesome God told Jonah, little old Jonah, what to say. And he said it. And Israel's like, woohoo, Jonah, Jonah, that's our man. If he can't do it, nobody can. But then all of a sudden, God's like, all right, that was good news. This time is bad news. Now you're going to go and you're going to tell Nineveh, God's going to get you. And he's like, oh, no, I'm not. And he's out of there. And God's like, I'll get you. <laughs> You'll preach. It's an eighth grade boy pointing up to heaven saying, I'll never preach for you. You killed my mom. You took my mom. I'm in this mess. It was your fault. And I've known since I was four, you want me to preach. I preached when I was four. But I'm in eighth grade now. And I'm not going to do it. And I ran and God in his grace and his mercy chased after me. And when I think about the reason why it moves me because God saw all the people that were lost that needed to hear my voice. That's the same thing with Jonah. You see, God was trying to teach Israel that his love was beyond Israel. It was for Iraq, it was for people that were nothing like God's chosen people. And Jonah didn't believe they deserved it. And God, in the middle of his running, in the middle of his running, God caused sinners to experience his grace, his mercy, his truth. God wants to use you to reach a boatload of sinners. 
Jonah Jonah thought he was running from God. I'm not going to preach to sinners. So he got in a boat with sinners. And in the middle of that boat, they worshiped him. God even used Jonah's rebellion to accomplish his purpose because God's purpose prevails. His purpose is he wants to use you and I to reach a boatload of sinners. And even when we run from Nineveh, God can still use us to reach people far from him. Your mess is your message. Are you hurting right now? Chances are there's someone beside you hurting too. Are you lonely? Is addiction kicking your tail? Chances are there's someone in your life who needs your story, who needs you to obey God. They need your obedience. Are you fighting a battle of discouragement? Chances are God wants to use that to prove to other people that God is right there. He's been right there the entire time, right there in the middle of the mess. What will it take to get your attention? For Jonah, it was God's mercy and grace and God's mercy and grace, his goodness still leads us to repentance. Romans 1, it's the goodness of God. Can you just remember for a second how good God's been to you? Stop talking about 2020 was so bad. Let's just start talking about God is still so good. He was good in 2019. He was good in 2020. He is good in 2021. He's still good and he's still God. Let's pray. I'm gonna say, Pastor Tim, uh, yeah, I'm in a mess right now and (laughs) I don't see God in this mess. I thought if God was there, I wouldn't be in a mess, but, but uh, my prayer is that God will show me that he's right there in the middle of my mess. If that's you, would you just be honest? You raise your hand all over, front to back, back to front, side to side. Just raise your hand and say, that's right where I'm at. I, God sees your hand and your hand. God bless you. 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 God bless you and you. Hands all over. You're watching online. You raise your hand. God bless you. God loves you. And the same grace and mercy that delivered Jonah from the belly of that fish, he can deliver you from the middle of your mess. God, I pray for my friends that are honest today to say that there's a mess right there and they, they, they must see you. They must see you. They need to see you, Jesus. God, reveal to them that you're right there in the middle of the mess, their mess. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if, if, uh, if you've never put your faith and trust in the fact that Jesus loves you, he died for your sins, he shed his blood so you could be forgiven, made new, 
and he rose again on the third day. If you're banking on going to heaven because you're a religious, good person, that won't cut it. It's Christ alone. If being good would get us there, why did Jesus die? Jesus gave his life so you and I could have life and have life abundantly. And he loves you. And he says to you today, come, come to me and I will give you rest for your souls. I wanna encourage you, you're watching online. I wanna encourage you to put your faith right now in Jesus. You're here at the gathering. If you've never done this or you're just simply not sure, you're not sure about where you are with God. I'd encourage you today to make it right with God. Scripture says, whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Whoever, whenever, however. You're the whoever. Would you call on his name? It's with our mouth that confession is made. It's with our heart that we believe and we receive. I'm gonna lead us in a sinner's prayer. And this isn't just a prayer that you say one time, it's a magic formula, I'm going to heaven. You're gonna call on Jesus' name and he's gonna come and he's gonna save you. But this isn't the end, it's the beginning. It's the starting point of your walk in life with God. Let's go. Would you pray with me? You're not gonna pray to me. You're not praying through me. We're gonna pray together. We're gonna go live right now. We're gonna talk to God. And so this is just you and God right now. You're talking to God. I'm gonna lead you. I'm gonna pray a prayer. You repeat after me, but talking to God. Would you say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. We both know it. I accept your love and all that comes with it. I believe you love me. I believe you bled for me believe you died for me and I believe you rose again on the third day for me I confess Jesus is now my Lord I give you my life I receive your life now teach me how to live in Jesus name amen 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 so we're going to celebrate and this is how we're going to do it on the count of three I want all of you watching online If you prayed that prayer for the first time, would you text us here at Momentum Church? Would you text us? Would you text us these words? Jesus made me new. Four words, real powerful. Jesus made me new. And you can text that to 850-296-7344. 850-296-7344. Jesus made me new. And then if you're here, uh, one of our local gatherings, I want you to raise your hand. I want you to hold it up. We're not gonna embarrass you, nothing crazy. We wanna clap for you. We wanna celebrate with you. You've passed from death to life. You've been rescued. God did something amazing tonight for you. And we're gonna celebrate that. This is big. It's bigger than your college football team winning. It's bigger than your NFL team winning. This is the biggest win of all wins. It's the win of someone coming home. So I want you to raise your hand on the count of three. Here we go, you ready? Don't be shy. Hold it up high on the count of three. One, two, three. Right now, hold it up. Hold it up. God bless you. I see you. God bless you. God bless you. Who else? Hold it up. Yes. So good. 